0: BLOB TALK RADIO Strong instead of victory He shepherds the church of divine harmony serving the lost lambs of
1: Knoxville, Tennessee Oh my I was in the middle of swallowing something here sorry I was taking a cold drink Reverend St. Germain here, um, Divine Harmony Spiritual Church, Knoxville, Tennessee. Apparently, um, next door to the antechamber of Hades, as hot as it is, we're in the upper 90s here, humidity level is, um, gosh, something like 70%. Uh, it's, it's sort of like swimming in, um, a festering cesspool of, uh, Uh, fungus and uh, uh, mold and uh, ozone, apparently. You you walk outside and uh, I I was concerned about doing the show tonight because every time I tried to say anything today, I would start coughing and uh, it's not the COVID. The Rona hasn't gotten me yet, Um, but it's the ozone and the mold in the air and we badly need a little bit of rain. I thought, you never hear me say that, right? Because it's like, Oh my God, it's been raining for a month, but we do need a little bit. If only there were moderation in the weather, a little bit of rain, a little bit of cold, a little bit of heat, but we get these stretches. It'll be so hot and dry that every, all the plants, your grass dry dies and everything. And then it'll rain for six weeks, you know, 14 days and your grass grows up around your knees. And, um, uh, then it'll be humid for 10 days and uh, you can't breathe That's uh, we call that weather in Tennessee though um, and then when the seasons are going back and forth you, know, you get snow one day and the next day you're on your roof catching a suntan it's very interesting very interesting to live here hope everyone's doing alright, I hope you're staying away from that but the death rates are down and I see this maybe be okay. Apparently I'm back. Uh, apparently I got knocked off the air and I thought mercury retrograde was over, but uh, something came up and said, um, uh, call back into your show. I thought I did, but apparently I didn't. Apparently I had to log off, log back in, go through a whole process to come back in. I hope that doesn't happen again. Um, but we have laws passed here. I have to go back and edit that dead time out and then re-upload it. I'll do that in post since what I understand most people listen to the show uh, in podcasts anyway. Um, so anyway, we went out uh, it says by law you cannot enter these facilities without a mask. And people, oh my God, you're depriving me of my freedoms. The government's trying to control me. You're trying to uh, deprive us of our liberties. And I I was saying, man, you know, everybody has a number assigned to us. We all have a number assigned to us. Uh, We have, if you drive, you have two, and often we have four or five of them. Many of you have credit cards and stuff. um, And money has uh, a little metal strip in it. That has information on it. Um, You know, there are scanners that can tell you how much money you have in your pocket. The idea was that, you know, if people were bringing in uh, millions of dollars in drug money, their ports could stop them and say, well, where did all this money come from? That was never a problem with me. If I ever had more than $30 in my pocket, (laughs) it was a good day. But uh, anyway, everybody has a number assigned to them. Everybody has a number assigned to them, social security number. That you voluntarily do, and nobody thinks anything about it, and completely off the grid. Okay, you know, throw it in the river, then try to do anything. And we keep getting knocked off. Uh, and you know the problem is, too, when I call in, I get a lecture for about three minutes um, um, about how come I'm calling back into – why are you calling back into a live show? Will we connect you now? So if you, want see, if you want to see how free you are, um, I believe is where we left off, throw your wallet in the river. Throw your wallet in the river and try to buy anything, try to sell anything, try to get a job, try to do anything. And you'll see without that little bit of stuff you carry in your wallet, your social security number, your driver's license, any kind of ID, um, you're not going to be able to exist in a society except as a person with a cardboard sign by the side of the road. That's how fragile that freedom is. And you're certainly not going to own a house. You're not going to own a car without that little bit of paper you carry in your wallet that little bit of paper you got in your wallet, go throw it in the river. You know, if you want to impress me with uh, uh, sticking it to the government and um, being rebellious, don't endanger my health, you know, by being and not wearing a mask, go throw your wallet, you know, be, be a true rebel, throw your wallet in the river, get completely off the grid, stick it to the man, fall off, fall off the map. And I'm going to tell you, I know four people who have done this. And one fellow, uh is son of uh, someone i know and he lives in Hawaii and he lives on the side of a mountain and he lives a very primitive life and he sells herb he sells herbs for a living and uh his uh, his life is very uh, bucolic and primitive and his coffee maker is like half a co- coconut shell with a hole in the bottom that's his coffee maker he he has very few possessions he's one of the uh um uh, most stress free individuals you'll ever meet, and uh he does not have social security number, never has, and he's made his living doing this sort of thing I've known people who've traveled across the country doing um uh, a little work here, a little work there um, uh you know I could do what I do without social security number if I had to. I often thought about just getting a a vehicle of some sort uh, that doesn't require a license and there are such things and just going from trailer park to trailer park or from just going across the country and uh, doing what I do. Um, I've thought about it, you know, on a cash only basis. I used to think about this occasionally. Um, If it were just me, I think I would, I would. Let's talk about the crystal silence league. I thought I would uh, catch you up on a few things that have been rambling through my mind lately. Just a few things. And, um, I think about old-style sometimes, um, about money. Um, Money should be earned. It shouldn't be given to you. Um, A conversation I was in just a few days ago, it was online. Uh, Someone brought up a story about their mother. They said... uh, they were going to go next said, uh, go go next door and borrow told the daughter, Go next door and borrow um a, a little bit of salt from the neighbor. And she said, Well why we have salt, why are we going to do that? I said, well, you know, the neighbor is poor, and they're always borrowing stuff from us in this way. We'll borrow something that doesn't cost them any money really, uh, something simple. And, you know, that way they won't feel bad about coming over here and borrowing stuff from us that they really need. And um uh, I commented I said, That's old style um uh, morality, old-style ethics, something you don't see much anymore, Um, taking the other person's self-esteem into view. And it reminded me of when my father, I was very young, and a homeless person came by the door. And I was too young to really understand the situation. But I remember um, this guy wanted some money. And my dad said, um, um, well, son, do you have... um, you have about an hour? And the guy said, oh, "Sir, all I've got is time." He said, "Well, come back here," and he said, um, "If you'll help me pull these weeds, uh, I'll give you five dollars." Now, this was mid, mid, late '60s. I guess I was uh, seven or eight. So, be about 1968, and uh, five dollars is a pretty good, little bit of money. Um, I guess it'd be like what twenty dollars now? I don't know. Uh, so. Uh, guy started pulling weeds. My dad got his gloves on, started pulling weeds. And I think, as I recall, my brother and I were pulling weeds. And after a little while, all those weeds were pulled. And my dad shook this guy's hand and uh, uh, said, you did a fine job and gave him the $5. And he left. And my mom said, well, Ernie, why did you make him work for that? Why don't you just give it to him? You know, why'd you make him work? And dad said, you feel better about yourself and you feel better about money that you've earned. And uh, that that stuck with me because I could tell the guy did feel better. Um, he uh, he was happier that having done something useful and had money in exchange. So uh, as as an old guy, sixty, I get a little impatient with people who want free money. You know, who feel who feel that uh, something is owed to them just because they breathe. <laughs> And because I want to tell you, you don't feel good about yourself if something is given to you. And I don't care what it is, room and board, um, food, uh, money, services, you don't feel good about yourself if something is just given to you. But for things that you work for, you value it and you value yourself. And this ties into some of the stuff we're going to talk about today. You know, feeling good about yourself and feeling good about the things that you have. Uh, You know, stolen property has a curse on it. Stolen money has a curse on it. But money that you feel is owed you just because you live um, also has a kind of curse on it. It conditions you into thinking that that's what you're worth. You know, that, that you're worth... What you put into it because money is energy, money is a form of energy you give of yourself, and in return, you get money because money is not a real thing, you know, it's a concept. And we are the Crystal Silence League, we pray for you, and prayer is always free at the Crystal Silence League. It doesn't mean it's worthless by any means because you know, prayer is an intangible, and uh, unlike many people, we uh there are some people uh, we don't charge you for salvation. Um, we pray for you sincerely and we ask you to pray for us. It is a uh, win-win situation. And um, we do have a gift shop though, because we do have to pay for our website, uh, you know, and um, we sell crystals. We sell books. Some of those books are by our founder, uh, Mr. Claude Alexander Conlin, And um, we find that, um, we sell quite a bit of those. Some of the books are by me, the jovial reverend, and uh, we have books of all sorts and crystals of all nature. So you can go over there and buy those things. And uh, if you want, you can make a donation. We we, we will take donations and uh, help keep help keep things running running. I know we have a uh, uh, a little bit of expense. We uh you know we pay couple people to maintain the site and to um, keep it running and you know keep it clean etc etc we get over 200 prayers a week some weeks and we have to maintain that and um, in fact we'll go over there and look at that in just a little bit our crystal of the week by the way is um, um, actinolite which is a strange little crystal Um, when you look at it sometimes there're needles sticking out of it uh it's one of those that grows in uh vertical uh needles some of them have needles and clumps and uh it's usually a, a grayish green a sage green and um uh you can sure, surely find a uh uh this this anywhere when they're polished they uh they look like a cat's eye It's one of those crystals that have a that vertical uh, matrix fractures the light and kind of like a moonstone, and you look in it and there'll be a vertical band of light that goes through the middle of it. And um, they're uh, they're highly prized when they're that clear, when they're that polished, because sometimes you get iron inclusions and uh, crystal inclusions, or sometimes they are an inclusion in a quartz generator. Uh, You'll get a greenish. Uh, quartz, and they're uh, they're very valued, too. Um, actinolite is good for shielding. It helps energize the human energy form, uh, human energy field, and helps harden it, and it helps you shield. Um, and if you're properly shielded, you find a lot of things happen. Um, your confidence increases, uh, you become more decisive. Uh, You lose your fear of moving forward. You lose your fear of letting things go. You uh, find it more uh, easy to stay on your path. Um, You have better poise and balance, generally, physically. um, And your sense of timing seems to become better. You're in the right place at the right time a lot. They they say uh, it helps your luck, but I really think it's because you have a more acute awareness of where to be. And when to be it's good to uh to have it helps deflect negative energies and haters and uh uh spiritual energies as well and shielding is an interesting thing when you whether you do shielding uh through spiritual exercises, which is a good thing to learn how to put a shield up and around and um um whether you are doing it with the assistance of crystals or spirits or other type of energy work, it's an interesting thing to see. If you're able to see the human aura, you see the edges of it will actually crystallize. It looks like ice crystals going, and uh, the ed- but just the edges. The edges will crystallize and harden. And any type of um, negative energy or spirit that tries to get in there are deflected off like rain on a windshield. And sometimes it's difficult to maintain that state because nothing can get in and you'll tend to feel a little detached from the world, uh, your empathetic connection comes down. So it's, it's very difficult to maintain a shield like that. Um, and when you do meet people like that, we tend to say that they, they're, shielded, you know, they're, uh, they're walled up, they have walls up and that's a very accurate statement. So that's actinolite. Um, you make a, a infusion of it and, um, Uh, you know, take a piece of it, put it securely in a little glass vial and put that in the water and, uh, let it marinate in the sun for a while and then take the glass vial out. Don't put the stone in directly. I just don't think it's a good idea. And, uh, uh, you don't know what you're putting in the water. You really don't. And, uh, add a few drops of brandy to the water, pour another bit of brandy in a snifter and enjoy it with a, you know, with a friend. And, um, use the use the uh, uh elixir for various purposes, magical and physical. So uh there you go, actinolite. Um well if you go to me to Crystal Silence dot org, dot org, which is our modern incarnation of the Crystal Silence League, um you can see some of our prayers. And uh, I would like to invite you to pray with me. We, we don't use names on this radio program uh, in context of our prayers. We, we go by prayer ID number. And um, so uh, I'm just going to go ahead and start. By golly, we have prayer ID 95360 who says, Please pray for myself and my family. As my spouse and I try to make a healthy transition from spouses to co-parents, we've shared many happy years together, but both realize it's time to move on, heal our hearts, and always focus solely on our kids. Amen. Prayer ID 95359, who says, Thank you for your prayers. Family court has allowed, uh, this is R and his family, their parental rights. There's a hearing coming up in criminal, and we pray the charges will be dropped. The baby has a genetic disorder, not abuse. Set this family free and drop the charges now. Prayer ID 95358, my work van was vandalized on my home property with a hateful message. Oh my goodness. Um, I've kept to myself for a year and don't know who did it. I'm asking God, my higher self, to keep me and S safe. Please God bring this person into the light. Bring the truth, bring healing and show all of us your love. Cease this this ease. I have not done anything wrong. Bring the evil to your light. Amen. And prayer ID 95357 who says his finances and blessings are being blocked by black magic and you know that happens. Uh He says, I need prayer to stop these evil devices used in New Orleans, Louisiana, and Mississippi by K R M R N N R M T S T O R R W R S. And, you know, in this uh, situation, apparently, this kind of ends abruptly here. um, Amen. Prayer ID 95354. Prayers needed for S. I pray for divine guidance for S. I pray that she is protected and that her needs are provided. I pray for a financial blessing and that she is filled with peace and comfort during this time. I also pray for divine order to take place in her life. Thank you for prayers. Praying your prayers are answered too. Amen. And prayer ID 9535, pray for my partner and I that our offer for the house we want is accepted, and we get the house. There's a lot of competition for it, so we really need your prayers to help. I also want to thank everyone who has prayed for us. you helped make a difference. You're all in our prayers. Amen. Prayer ID 95352, who's, who says uh, she has a cheating husband. And she wants all outside relationships in permanently. And the prayer is, I pray that all text calls between my husband and S and R would end immediately and keep T and H and L and all others. You got five mistresses here. (laughs) Who, Who is this guy like John Holmes and all know and unknown away from our marriage? I ask that my husband would respect me and stop hiding his phone and stop entertaining other women. I pray that he would put an end to his outside chicks and stop the partying without me and instead includes me in his social life and add me on Facebook and Instagram and stop trying to hide me or a relationship, marriage, amen. Hmm. I put it to y'all out there, Ken. Can you, a cheater stop cheating? My uh, mom always said, once a cheater, always a cheater. Can people change? That's the question I put to you. Can people change? Or should you just hit the road, Jack? Can never come back no more? Prayer ID 95351. In Jesus' name, let them allow me to work from home. I have lupus and I'm a single mom. Let them not eat, sleep, or rest in peace until I am home working for them full time. With plenty of overtime available, thank you, Jesus, in advance. Amen. Hey, you need a, you need boss fix. Get boss fix going on them. Prayer ID 95350. I pray and ask that my husband have sexual desires for me and only me. He have been caught cheating through text. Is this the same person? No, it's not. It's someone different. What, what's wrong with you men out there? he been caught cheating through text, and now he always pushes me away when I touch him. I ask that he may not have sexual desires for no other women but for me, and I pray and ask that my husband, Kate, would not be able to resist me sexually and bring back our chemistry. He must not find any peace of mind, comfort, or joy with other women. But only in our bed and with me, when he lays his head to sleep, he thinks of me and only me. Amen. What is wrong with you men out there? Prayer ID 95348. May my works be met with success beyond my dreams. May the beings of earth be on their way to a time of unprecedented peace and justice. It will be so. I have energy and surplus to meet the challenges before me. Amen. And prayer ID 95346. Lord bless R and her family. Bless the work of their hands and establish thou it. Lord grant that their home and family will be made spiritually clean. For it says in Isaiah 1 verse 8 no matter how deep the stain of your sins, I can take it out and make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. God cleanse and bless all matters concerning the home and family of R. May they be filled with overflowing so all family members are always able to keep and maintain their home and always necessary. Thank you. Amen. Let's do one more. Let's do one more. Prayer ID 95345. Play that Jay, also known as my heater, will reignite to our relationship and become wildly sexually attracted, passionate, loving, caring, protective, intimate, and very romantic toward A again. Pray that he may open his eyes and see I've always been there for him and that I belong to him, and that I belong to him. Pray that he make a move on me and to continue where we left off. My goodness gracious, amen. Bring bring the love back. Bring the love back. Why don't we, well, I'm going to do this last one here, 95340. I need help seeing a relationship clearly. I think my past experiences cloud me so fear sets in and I can't tell the difference between my intuition and trauma. Help me see the situation with clarity, wisdom, and truth. Help me know what is real and what steps to take. Thank you. Amen. Let's have a moment of quiet contemplation and prayer for all those in need of comfort and support and Blog Talk has lost my prayer music. What have you done to me? Uh, Oh, my God. There it is. All right. Bless you all for your patience this week. Here we go. Amen. Gosh, I got knocked off a couple of times here tonight, didn't I? I'm going to have to go back and edit the sound file and re-upload it for those of you who listen to these repetitively and those of you who listen in blog talk, podcasts. I don't want you to sit there and think, what is this silence is it? Ominous? Am I getting subliminal messages? Is it a time for quiet meditation? No, it's blog talk knocking me off the air, and uh, I have no way of knowing. You know how my you know Tony I has been sending me like John, John, you're 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 off the air, and I go okay when I think to look because you know I'm, I'm juggling many things here, many things here. We're talking about the subconscious mind and how it never sleeps. You know we know it doesn't. You uh you uh have stuff going on in your sleep. You observe someone sleeping, they're very busy. There's continuity of identity. You know, this is why when you wake up in the morning, you're the same person who went to bed at night. But also, and this is a very mysterious thing, when you're under anesthesia and there's no consciousness, no awareness of what's going on around you, And you wake up, you're still the same person. You still have a continuity. And I've only been under anesthesia a couple times, maybe three. And it's it's as if you just close your eyes and open them and the procedure's over. And, you know, where are you? During that time, you know, where, where is mind? Where is consciousness? Where is continuity of identity? And uh, the Buddhists actually have an answer for that. There's a thing called uh, 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 vanga, b v a n g a, vanga consciousness, which is the continuity of consciousness uh, that exists below conscious thought. And uh, it's believed that during enlightenment, the vanga consciousness and this chatter that we think of as self flip. And self becomes the subconscious, or the deep subconscious, the storehouse conscious, the uh, vanga consciousness, and the vanga conscious becomes the forefront consciousness, and that's the difference between the enlightened mind and the uh, the muddy mind, you know, that we all uh, exhibit. Um, so there's something that goes on down there that contains a lot of information our likes, our dislikes, our predilections, our emotional um, reactions, and it continues. And this also seems to control the vital processes of the body. It knows how to, uh, how to respond. I can also tell you there's some very strange stories about people who have woken up from deep surgery Uh, very profound surgery where they take you deep down to do uh, operations on the heart uh, that take a lot of time who've woken up. And for a period of time, they were somebody else. They had a different set of preferences and a different personality and a different set of emotional reactions. And even in some cases, different accents. And this happened to a friend of mine. He woke up. He's a British gentleman. He's passed away. Now he passed away earlier this year. Um, uh, in, in his not in his 90s, you know, he had a good, rich life. Uh, There's no regrets there, and uh, but he had heart surgery, He had uh, triple bypass, and um, he woke up. and According to his wife, who told him he had no memory of this, uh, he woke up and he asked for some grape juice, and he drank it. He said with great relish, and his wife was concerned because he had no trace of a British accent, and furthermore, all of his life he hated. Grape juice. He loathed it. He, he, in his "I loathe grape juice," is what he said. And and then he went back to into a normal sleep, and he woke up, and he was his old self again. So what happened? You know what happened during that time. And uh, I said, uh, "Well, John, obviously your, um, you know, your conscience, you know, the you yourself, was still asleep, and." The imprints from a past life took over. You know, obviously, someone in one of your past lives, possibly your immediate one, the imprint of that surfaced. That fellow who apparently um, had uh, did not live in England. He was apparently an American. Liked grape juice. And then when you woke up, yourself, yourself, uh, reasserted. And these things happen. People wake up and they um, you know, sometimes they're someone else. And it happens sometimes in very deep states of hypnosis. Um, uh, so there's a lot that goes on that we don't know. Our strings are pulled by hands that we don't even see or are aware of. We react sometimes. Don't know why we react. We think we might do. We rationalize it. But we have an agenda. Let's say we have 10 things on our agenda in our mind. There might be nine or 10 things that we don't know before that that are causing us to react certain ways. We bring these into our life, you know, when we're born. We're born with them. So the subconscious mind, we we can believe this, uh, controls all the vital processes of the body, correct? Um And maybe it knows the answers to all of our problems. If there's this vast storehouse of of knowledge, maybe it does know the answer to all of our problems. So prior to sleep, I will often just turn over a problem. I don't dwell on it. I don't worry about it. But I'll turn over a problem. I'll say, here's a problem in in search of a solution. And I give it away. I just say, you know, "This this is something for you to chew on. Uh, Down there, the part of you that never sleeps and that knows everything that is omniscient. And I'm I'm serious. Omniscient. You know everything. I need a solution to this. And if it's a particularly naughty problem, I wake up the next day with a feeling like something is about to happen, but not yet. Or if it's a problem that can be solved fairly directly, I wake up and go uh, over my coffee, and I'm very quiet. And I'm drinking my coffee, and I go, I know exactly what to do. And it's not a contemplative answer. It's a knowing. You know, I just wake up and know the first thing I need to do today is this. And it's a miraculous thing. And people do this quite a bit. You know, you'll go to bed with a problem, wake up with an answer. They do it quite a bit. But you can control it. You can control it. The the most serious problems in your life can be turned over to this crew, this process, it will sift through everything that you've ever known, and not necessarily just in this life. It'll sift through the vast knowledge of racial memory, of genetic memory, of uh, karmic memory, if you believe in that, um, and find something. You'll wake up with knowledge you didn't even know you had. um, Stuff you didn't even know you have. So, Whatever you want to impress on your subconscious mind is expressed from there, not just in your mind, but in this vast universal mind as well. Right? We believe in this. We believe in a prime cause. Right? We believe that something caused this. We believe there's a consciousness. We believe that um, there's an observer. And I'll, I'll tell you why I believe there's an observer. It's it's pretty much accepted among A lot of scientists, uh, not not all. There are still people who believe in clockwork, but that conditions exist as act of observation. That on the most fundamental levels of reality, observation uh, brings into existence reality, Um, and not just as a uh, artifact of the instruments used as mechanics say, but observing reality itself shapes it. The observation of reality shapes it. So what act of observation formed the universe? You see, this is the the reasoning behind um, the idea that there's a universal mind, a universal observer. What act of observation shaped the universe? So we and this does not even necessarily have to be a sentient uh, creator, uh, what we think of as Jehovah, but mm. that there's something. There's something holding it together, and that all the thoughts of everything that was sentient, the observations of everything that's been sentient and experiencing still exist, still exists. Mm. and. So whatever we impress on the subconscious mind is also expressed as part of this screen of all space in the ether, what used to be called the quintessence, as conditions, experiences, and events. So if we carefully watch all these ideas and thoughts entertained in the conscious mind, you can see, if you're very careful and mindful of your thoughts, that depending on – who you, if you're a well-balanced person um, – maybe a third of your thoughts work against you they're self-limiting if you're a person who tends to be toward the negative side maybe two-thirds of your thought are self-limiting and if you're a very high functioning person maybe you know you know three-fourths of your thoughts are pushing you forward Um, if you're an extraordinary person though i bet you heaven and earth are behind you because you're uh, your thoughts and your actions are in harmony. The law of action and reaction is universal. Thought is action. Thought has physical uh, activity. Thought can be measured. You can measure thought. Thought is an action. We, we tend to think our thoughts are something uh, mystical or something, but thought is action. Thought, so thought will have reaction. And the reaction is the automatic response of your subconscious mind to your thought. So we really we really do have to watch our thoughts. Thoughts will express themselves not only in subconscious programming but in physical results as well. And all frustration is due to unfulfilled desires and If you dwell on your obstacles and your delays and your difficulties, your subconscious mind responds accordingly, and it creates a feedback loop where you're defeating your own efforts. Watch your thoughts. The principle of life itself, the creative force of life, will flow through you rhythmically and harmoniously and continuously if you consciously affirm that I believe that this subconscious power which gave me this desire is now fulfilling it through me and this dissolves all conflicts and this is what we do in New Thought when we're talking about moving into the sphere of pure um, causation because whatever it is that spawned a desire will fuel the manifestation of it. If you can find the causation, whatever it is that 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 created the desire will will be your fuel, and there'll be no frustration. Frustration will not fuel desire. Frustration will not manifest desire. If you send frustration out, frustration is what you're going to get back. That's the law. So you can interfere with the normal rhythm of your heart, lungs, and other organs by worry, anxiety, and fear. We know that thoughts manifest physically. We know this. Through your thoughts alone, you can destroy every organ in your body. Through your thoughts alone, you can destroy every organ in your body. So conversely... And I'm just going to ask you this, through your thoughts alone, can you heal every organ in your body? And the literature is full of stories and tales and anecdotes and documented evidence that the answer to that is yes. Let's go to station identification. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. We can look back to the dawn of history and all the ancient texts and all the ancient religions and uh, look at the stories about them in cultures all over the world and see how various magics have been performed to produce miraculous healings. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these seem ridiculous. There were temples in Greece where it says, take a lizard, pound it with myrrh and frankincense, uh, burn this over a person, and it will cure disease. The thing is, it worked. It worked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Egypt will talk about taking uh, redstone, which was uh, mercury-bound in sandstone, uh, and... Uh, grinding it up with uh, the venom of an asp and uh, mixing it with basically an alcohol and uh, spraying it on the person and it would cure disease and it worked. And uh, we have lots of magical rituals like this. And uh, faith is very uh, fundamental to some of these things, but faith alone does not explain magic. And people who think that you have to believe in magic for it to work, they don't understand belief or magic. But some of these remedies, uh, Edgar Casey, uh would prescribe stuff for ailments. And he said, take uh, cherry bark, mix it with licorice root, uh, put it in a uh, elixir with honey and drink it. And uh, that will cure this croup. That is not a cure for croup, not medically, mm-hmm. but it worked. And it's a well-known fact that all the various schools of healing effect cures the most miraculous character. Not universally, not everything, but enough to where people would say this works. People go to lords with cancer. They go to Lourdes with terrible uh, kidney disease. And and many of them are cured. It works. It's not 100%. Not everybody is cured. What is the fundamental difference? Well, the most obvious conclusion, you know, which strikes your mind when you look at these cases, as, as long and as hard as I have and many people have, is that there is there's got to be some underlying principle which is common to them all. Uh, either there are people who are better at mental healing, or the subconscious mind is more developed in some people. Uh, If we assume that universally the subconscious mind can do this, the one process, though, in these healing that is universal is faith. They believe they they can get well. And there's something that they believe in. There's a focus for this faith fundamental truths we have to look at sometimes, and I've really thought about this, and I've really studied this. Is it necessary to take a handful of pills to be healthy? And I'm not advising anybody to throw their pills away. I'm not one of these guys that says, you know, let the blood of Jesus cure you of your heart arrhythmia. You know, let the blood of Jesus cure you of your diabetes. I'm not one of these guys. I really am not. But is it possible? I'm just asking. Is it possible for us to not need that, to get to a point as a race, as a In evolution to where doctor says, you have diabetes. What causes that? Well, the spleen's not producing enough insulin. So you go, okay. And a thought process, you send that to your subconscious mind. Subconscious mind says, spleen, get with the program. Stand tall before the man. Get get up here and do your job. And spleen says, okay. And a healing process takes place. Is it possible? Mm -hmm. Well, there's some Fundamental truths that that come up in these cases, if you study many of them, and hundreds of them, first, you have to possess the mental functions, which have been distinguished by designating one, the conscious mind, and the other, the subconscious mind, which is the cart and which is the horse. Secondly, the subconscious mind is constantly amenable to the power of suggestion. And furthermore, your subconscious mind has complete control of the functions and conditions and sensations of your body. I had skepticism about the full truth of that until I ran across a documented study of a hypnotist in Germany. And I'll, I'll get the name and give it to you at some point. I don't have that in front of me. Um, he was hypnotizing people. Who, had, who were short, who were uh, farsighted, they could not read a book. Is it farsighted? They could not read the text in a book without reading glasses. You know, like me, they had, you know, over 40 eyes. Now I have over 50 eyes, and I'm rapidly getting over 60 eyes. But they could not read text in a book without their glasses. So under hypnosis, and he he did this with like dozens of people, he regressed them, he age regressed them to a point to where they could you know, say age 30, when their eyesight was brilliant, under hypnosis, they could read without their glasses. Under hypnosis, they could read without their glasses. However, it wouldn't stick. He, you know, wake them up, and they couldn't. It was only in the state of deep hypnosis they could do this. Because I'm going to tell you what, if that guy had perfected this technique to where it stuck in a waking state as a post-hypnotic suggestion, he'd be he'd be an effing billionaire, put the optical companies out of business, come in for two or three hypnosis sessions, and you could read again without – you throw your glasses away. But he did this with dozens of people. It was documented, it was witnessed, and it's been replicated. And um, I have uh, practiced with hypnosis myself for many decades and have seen very interesting things with it. Um, you know, people who can – out, step outside the normal boundaries and do things, uh, often terrifying things. Um, so this power suggestion sometimes has been denigrated. Well, it's only the placebo effect. Well, first of all, what exactly is the placebo effect? It's actually uh, a combination of about six or seven different uh, physio-psychological reactions. Um, And let us never say it's only the placebo effect. It's very poorly understood. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll tell you, after reading stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of studies on it, there's no clear understanding of what exactly it is. But one thing is, um, we know that expectation of healing often leads to a significant amount of healing. When you consider that, someone says, well, placebo effect can account for 15 to 20 percent of the improvement in a condition. 15 to 20 percent? And you look at the amount of improvement, say, a lot of antidepressants give to the person. uh, They'll say, accounting for the placebo effect, there's a 10 to 15 percent, Elevation in, in their um, progress, you know, in, in their uh, elevation in the mood. So the expe- the placebo effect, whatever it is, works better than the medication in many cases. And the reason the placebo effect really, I think, has you know, like a fifteen to 20 percent chance instead of an 80 percent, most people don't know how to use the expectation response the subconscious drive to do this. But some people do. There's some people who do. So I, I just venture to believe that most people who get into this spiritual thing, a spiritual gig, are familiar with the fact that symptoms of almost any disease can be induced by belief. There are psychological conditions where people delude themselves or convince themselves that they have symptoms of disease mm. when they don't have any sort of pathogen. And symptoms can be uh, suggested by hypnosis. It's a very mean thing to do, but it's been done in studies. Mm. Um, um, but a subject in the hypnotic state can develop a high temperature, uh, chills, um, uh, hives, and uh, all manner of suggestions um, and um, you can uh, there's one thing in stage hypnosis so you take a cup of water and hold it under their nose and say this is ammonia and people will sneeze and their eyes will water and their skin will turn red and they'll uh, blush and there's a um, you know you'll see in some hypnosis shows and it's really a mean thing to do you give them an apple you say take a bite out of this and they start chewing say so, you know I just handed you an onion and they go ah! And uh, I said, I hope you never do that with someone who's actually allergic to an onion because they will, you know, uh, someone who's really suggestible, they'll they'll go into anaphylaxis. I mean, they really will. It's a dumb thing to do. It's a stupid thing to do. So um, there have been studies where, uh, let's say a guy is allergic to dandelions, and he knows he's allergic to dandelions, and they've placed a synthetic, an artificial dandelion in front of him, and he's his eyes water, and he sneezes, and he has the whole histamine reaction, sometimes hives. So can that be reverse engineered? Can you um, convince yourself with a suggestion that you're not allergic to dandelions? I think you can. I think you can. So we know that remarkable healings take place through not only uh, um, medical science, but also through alternative medicine as well and uh, naturopathy, osteopathy, uh, homeopathy, and uh, so I, I just put it to you. I just put it to you. Are we making ourselves sick by what we're putting in our minds with the media, with uh, the people we listen to, with uh, the programming, the stuff we read and hear every day with our anger, with the, uh, the ideas that uh, we put in our heads that it's the end of the world, or can we turn that around and make ourselves strong and vigorous and healthy um, and immune to this sort of thing? I'll just put that in your head. We're out of time. I'm sorry a whole lot of the time was taken up with uh, dead air. I'm going to have to go back tomorrow and look at that. Um, Come back, oh, either next week or the week after. I'm not sure which. It depends on how hard my six-year-old has worn me out, but, uh, you know, the Reverend loves you, and we'll see you. it
0: tell you play, we are in a difficult position, Reverend St. Germain, gave me what we need for our condition. grass I keep it by the stove the Stirring coffee thicker than molasses He shepherds the church of divine harmony serving the lost lands of Knoxville, Tennessee He faithfully prays with the Crystal Salad